Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you I've been teaching on how to enjoy maximum blessings in the house of God. This is a continuation to my teaching on how to plant your life in the hands of Jesus. And uh, I thought that there are three keys that can help you plant your life on good grounds. That good grounds is the hands of Jesus. And these three things are make the word of God a standard for your life, put your trust in God, and plant your life in the house of God. The Bible said, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in old age, and they shall still be fresh and flourishing. Psalm 92, verse 13 and 14. And we've seen that it's very important for you to become committed to the house of God because there is a benefit and a blessing to committing yourself to a particular spiritual house. But then you also see that not everybody that is committed to the house of God is getting blessed. You also see that people get blessed in the house of God at different levels. So why people go to the same church and get different levels of blessing? And this is what we are examining. So as we studied it, you should be looking into your life and be asking yourself, how is my spiritual life and my whole life making progress, consistent to my expectations and my desires. And as you examine your life, you explain your situation by the things we are studying. Because being in the house of God is not automatic to becoming blessed. We've seen many people who stayed in the house of God and never got blessed. And so how do I enjoy maximum blessing? In God's house. The first one is go to church for the right reason. The second one is pray for your church. The third is pray for your pastor. The fourth is look for opportunity to serve in the house of God. Is it like that in your notes? All right. So we are number five. Number five is respect authority in the house of God. Respect authority in the house of God. In the book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17. Now, we'll first read Romans chapter 13. So let every soul be subject to the governing authority. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So this scripture is saying authority is so important because it is established by God himself. Everywhere you see God working, there's authority. Everywhere you see Satan working, there's rebellion towards authority. Authority is established by God to create order. And when there is order, there can be progress. Any environment where there is no progress, you will always see disorderliness. You know? So authority, Bible says, is established by God. Every godly person must understand the principle of authority. Not only in church, but everywhere. Everywhere. At the workplace, there's authority. In the home, God established authority. In our society, God established authority. In our nation, God established authority. And so in the church, there has to be authority. And in our various departments where we serve, there has to be authority. And the purpose is to create order. And when there is order, there can be unity, there can be understanding, there can be purpose, 
and then they can be success. Verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. So the reason why some people don't get God's blessing and favor and they get judgment instead is because they are rebellious towards authority. So anytime you fight authority, you are fighting against God's own divine ordinance. Now, when we say authority, authority has to do with an office, not a person. Authority has to do with what? An office, not a person. You may not like your boss, but when he steps into that office and becomes your boss, you must respect him. You don't need to like him to respect him. You respect him because it's a principle. Your boss is your boss. Your boss doesn't have to be the kind of person you want before you respect him. It doesn't have to be your tribe. If, we, if you find yourself in any environment, the person who is in charge deserves your respect because of the office he occupies. In the military, is very, very understanding for military people. They respect ranking. It has nothing to do with a person. So if a military man meets his superior of a higher rank, he may be taller than him, nicer than him, wiser than him, older than him, but they respect the rank. They respect ranking. It has nothing to do with age. You know, my father was in the army. His rank before retirement was WO1, warrant officer class one. Then my uncle, who is younger than him, was a lieutenant colonel. All my life, even after both of them retired, I always hear my father respond to my uncle, sir. Every statement, yes, sir, no, sir. There will be a sir to every statement. So amazing. And my uncle calls him, Willie? Yes, sir. My, my father is older than him. And, uh, you know, one day my father told me, it's not the person. It's the ranking. You respect rank. You respect the person's office. That's why in the army, anybody who wins the election and becomes the president, becomes the commander-in-chief, whether the person you voted for, you didn't vote for, whether you like him, you don't like him, whether he's old or young, they pledge their allegiance, their loyalty, and their respect to the head of state because he's the commander-in-chief of the armed forces. So it's the office you respect, the office. So if you join a department in the church, a departmental head may be younger than you, but you respect the office. Yeah, that is submission to authority. When somebody occupies the place of leadership in the church, respect the person because of the office he occupies. And it comes down right from our departments and, and everywhere we find ourselves right to the pastor. The pastor is the spiritual head of the church. So you may be older than the pastor, more educated than the pastor. You must respect the office of the pastor. If you don't do that, the Bible says that you are resisting God's ordinance. And instead of attracting God's favor, you begin to attract his judgment. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews 13, verse 17, Hebrews 13, 17, it says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. This scripture means that those who have rule over you, it was referring to pastors who exercise spiritual oversight over, over the church. The Bible says that obey them and be submissive. 
You know, disobedient members are like sheep in the bush who don't listen to the shepherd. They are the ones that predators easily thank God for because they can easily get them and feed on them. He said, they watch out for your soul. So the spiritual head of the church has a responsibility to watch out for your soul. That means to keep watch for your safety by praying for you, interceding for you, following God's guidance to lead you in a way that you will always escape all of Satan's evil plans and schemes against your life. They watch out for your soul as those who must give account. Every pastor who knows the Bible understands that God is going to hold us responsible for the safety of our members. The Bible said that a spiritual head is going to give account. You know, somebody can only give account over your life to the extent that you submit to him. If you are not submissive to a particular spiritual head, he is not accountable for your soul. You have to render that account to God yourself. And Bible says, let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that will be unprofitable for you. Bible says that when men of God exercise spiritual oversight over the flock of God, with joy, it becomes profitable for you. But when they do so with grief, it is unprofitable for you. That means that if you are a church member who always want to cause your pastor pain, you get more pain. You get more pain. If you're, you're a church member who wants to give your pastor trouble, you get more trouble, much more than your pastor will ever have. Yeah. If you're a church member who wants, always want to trouble your pastor and worry him and disturb him and destroy him, you get more destroyed. Bible said, they watch over your souls. So the place of spiritual authority is very important for the safety of the congregation. That God will always want a man of God to take up responsibility, interceding for members, teaching them, praying for them, guiding them, counseling them. And in all these things, the Bible said, Bible said, Bible said, let him do it with joy not with pain. It means there are members who cause pain to their pastor. Oh yeah, they cause pain. But there are also members who, who give pastors a lot of joy. I wish you could ask yourself, where do you belong? Or maybe somebody should ask you, where do you belong? Can you ask your neighbor, where do you belong? First Samuel 24, verse 4. I hope you got the answer. I have resolved to making sure anybody I, I call my pastor, I give him joy. Because I've realized that it brings blessing. He brings blessing, a lot of blessing. Then the men of David said to him, this is the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand that you may do to him as it seems good to you. And David rose secretly and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Now it happened after all that David had troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. So David restrained his hands, his servants, with these words, and did not allow them to rise against Saul. And Saul got up from the cave and went on his way. Amen. This story has to do with David and Saul. The Bible said when David became very powerful in the palace, Saul became threatened and decided that David needed to die. 
So David ran away into the bush and his loyalists followed him. One day in the bush, they found Saul sleeping because they, they were tired. All his soldiers, they were asleep. And the servant said, thank God, now you can, take, you can kill this man and take the throne. And this is David's response. You know, the reason why nobody could kill David all his life on the throne was because of this. He said, this man hates me and wants me dead. But for one reason, for the office he occupied, he is the king of the land. And he carries the anointing of the king on his head. I will not touch him. He said, I will not touch him. David said, I will not touch him. That is why when he became king, anybody that conspired to kill him, they all died. Because the man did not ascend the throne by killing anybody above him. You see, when you destroy people above you, people below you will also destroy you. So respect authority in the church. And I want to say that if you are looking for something to criticize in church, you will always find one. But if you are looking for something to also comment, you will find a lot. The choice is yours. Yeah, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. And when we talk about respect, it has to do with your attitude and your lifestyle. There are things you do. You may not insult a person, but your actions are an insult. Your actions communicate a lot of things. There are things people do and it speaks to you. It tells you this person thinks you are stupid. It tells you this person thinks you are foolish. It tells you this person thinks you are nothing. You know, yeah. And when people make you feel you are nothing, you do nothing for them. You do nothing for them. I've been saying this all the time in the church. There are people I have come to realize God has put them over me as spiritual authorities. One is Dr. Mensah Otago. One is Reverend Anthony Kujo. One is Reverend Eric Hermeku. I have never opened my mouth to speak evil of these people. Never in my life. Now, it doesn't mean they are perfect. It doesn't mean these three names I just mentioned. It doesn't mean they are perfect. It doesn't mean they've never done things wrong that I have seen. Or let me say better. It doesn't mean they've not offended me before, but I will never do that. And it doesn't mean you are a coward. It means you are smart. It doesn't mean you are stupid. It means you are smart. So if you are looking for an angel to be your pastor, and me, I'm not an angel. I'm a human being. So number five. Are we on number five? Number what? Six, I just wanted to see whether you are still following. Number six, do not ever be the reason why people leave church. Wow, this one is big. Do not ever be the reason why people leave church. Because there are people who always believe it's their ministry to drive people away from church. Romans 14, from verse 20 to 21. Okay, let's read Romans 14, verse 13, verse 14, verse 13. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. Stumbling block. Putting stumbling block in people's way or a reason why people should fall. The word fall there means backslide. Some people have vowed not to go to church again because of something another church member did. They vow not to go to church again. Don't do that. Bible says that it's not a blessing. If we go to verse 20, verse 20, do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. I hope I'm in the right place. Okay, let's read on and see. It says, all things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. Verse 21. Okay, 
It is good neither to eat meat, nor drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles, or is offended, or is made weak. So my emphasis on this scripture is not about food or drink, but about the third uh, preamble. Anything which your, can make your brother to stumble, or to be offended, and made weak. In the book of Acts chapter 14, now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke that a great multitude, both of Jews and Greeks, believed. Great multitude did what? They believed after they heard Apostle Paul preaching and teaching. Next verse. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and Poison their minds against the brethren. They poison their minds. Apostle Paul entered the synagogue and preached. And as a result of his preaching, people believed. But those who did not believe decided that they will convert those who have believed back into unbelief. And there are people in church like that. They will convert you. Anything good you do, they will convert you. If you decide to serve faithfully as a church worker, They'll call you one day and say, hey, bro, so all this you are doing, how much do they give you? I can see you have time, pa. You, you, you are new in this church, so you don't know anything. That's why you are working helter skelter like that. Anything good you do in the church, they'll give you reasons why you should not do it. Bible said they poison their minds. How do people's minds get poisoned? Hearing the wrong things. Hearing the wrong things. Hearing the wrong things. There are people who can talk to you and... The next time you see the Bible, you'll be wondering, is this book really God's word or what? Or is it just some publication in a print house meant by the white man to come and deceive us? They know how to poison your mind. The Bible said, do not do anything that will make your life a stumbling block to other people. You know, there's a scripture that says, woes betides anyone. Jesus said, woe betides anyone that will cause any of this innocent ones to stumble and to fall. That is why if you come to church, you must understand not everybody is here for the right reason. Not everybody is here because of God. So when you are hearing people, you must hear carefully. You must listen carefully. You must know some people have the potential to make you stop coming to church. Some people have the ability to make you doubt God. Some people have a reason to make you not believe anything we are doing here. This miracle service prayer requests, anything you do, they will make you not believe it. You lose your faith. Some people won't do that. But what they do is that they offend you. They hurt you so bad. How can you leave church because one person hurt you? When we are, we are about 500 members, 500 members, one person hurt you, you are left. It's because you don't sit down first to really think through your decision, to understand that this one person is in a minority. I don't mean in parliament. I mean, in church, you, you think politics too much. As a minority, then quickly your mind has gone to parliament. One person must not be a reason why you leave church. Because that one person may be Satan's agent against you to make you lose all your blessing. I want everybody to understand, if God brought you into this church, he has a purpose why he brought you here. Satan will use people to fight you out of that purpose. Resolve, you will not let anybody make you leave the church. Number two, don't be that Satan's agent. 
that will make people leave the church. I've been pastoring so long. I know people who have left churches because somebody advised them. In fact, this church, there are people who left this church because they were not smart enough to discern. They were deceived. They were deceived. And the people who do these things, God says, woe betides you. Devilish people. Devilish people. Agents of the devil. They will talk you out of seeing anything good happening in this church. But can I tell you something? All of you sitting here today, can I tell you the reason why you came to this church? Because you saw something good about this church. The reason why you left another church and came here is because you saw something good about it. Or maybe you, you are staying close to us. Yes, but we're not the only church close to you. So beyond the fact that we're a church close to you, there's still something good about this place that made you came. Let that good reason why you came here, let it be in your mind. Never forget it. You see, the reason why sometimes we, we miss God because we have a short memory. One president said that. The Ghanaians have a short memory. I don't think it's Ghanaians. It's, it's human beings by nature. We have a short memory. There's something good you saw. I mean, this church is not a perfect church. And there's no perfect church anywhere. The other church you are comparing us to, go talk to the members. Some of them are complaining. There's no perfect church. But there's the right church. The right church is a church God spoke to your heart. Go there. And when you get there, ask yourself, why did God bring me here? What did God want me to receive? Focus on that and leave callous people who want to poison your mind against what God is doing here. They poison your mind against your pastor. They poison your mind against the church. They poison your mind against everything. So some of you, the very good things you do, you don't do them anymore. And if we go check, somebody converted you into not doing it. Some people will, will poison your mind against paying your tithes in this church. People will poison your mind against giving to God. You know, a brother, one of my sons in this church told me something. I was shocked. A certain man who has left this church called him and said, you know that church, where the church is, there used to be a shrine here. And even after the church has built, anytime you give money on this altar, the shrine will fight you. Don't laugh. It is something somebody told a member of this church. I don't know. Sometimes there are things I don't know how to think about it. And he told him, you see, I used to give in that church. Give in that church. No, my life is destroyed. It's because there's a shrine. Don't give money in that church again. You know, I thank God for common sense. So the young man said, ah, by me, the way I was when I joined this church and the way I am now, if there was really a shrine here, then the shrine must be a very good one. <laughs> he said, hey, I started giving small, small in this church and now God has blessed me. If there was a shrine here, which made you not to be blessed, then how come my life is getting blessed? What the man was saying and how my life is, is not consistent. Something wrong. See, when you listen to people talk to you, you must think about what you heard before you react. I'm not impressed about church people who don't think about things they hear. I am telling you something that somebody said. I am not lying to you. Somebody said it to a member of this church. And I'm sure he told other people too. I don't care. You decide not to give in this. I mean, God is blessing me. Yeah, it's your choice. That is how devilish people are. Church going people can be devilish. Last one, number seven. We'll end today on number seven. How to enjoy maximum blessing in the house of God. Who can guess number seven? What else haven't I talked about? Give generously. Give generously. Give generously to your church. 
today, I'm using the word to your church, even though we give to God, but give generously. If you want this church to be a blessing to your life, you give to this church. You can stay in this church, go and pay your tithe somewhere else. This church is not supposed to be a blessing to you. The other church is supposed to be a blessing to you. Your tithe is to your local church. Your tithe is to your local church. Are you hearing me? And any pastor who knows the Bible should tell you this. The Bible said that in the book of Acts, maybe let me start from Exodus 25. Exodus 25, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. It always strikes me the way God personalized the offering. He called it my offering. Let me say today, the offerings we take in this church, they don't give it to me. If you see the casting people pass here, it doesn't mean they're going to give me all the money. We just want to prevent robbery. So we pass it through here to the accounts office. It doesn't end up in my office. Said my offering. They will, you shall take, God told Moses, take my offering and take it from the people. Ask them to give. And this is the offering which you shall take from them. Gold, silver, and bronze. Blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Fine linen and goat's hair. Ram skins dyed red. Badger skins, oil for the light, and spices for the anointing oil, and for sweet incense. Onyx stones and stones to be set in the effort and in the breastplate. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. So God told Moses to take offering. He also told him the reason. And what is the reason why God said to Moses to take the offering? Let them make me a sanctuary. A sanctuary is what? A meeting place. A place of fellowship. And that, at that time, it was referring to the tabernacle. And building the tabernacle involved tents and uh, all manner of things. So he, in, he mentioned all the things in addition. Now, these people we are talking about, who were they? The Israelites, who were they? They were slaves in Egypt. They had nothing in Egypt. When God delivered them and they were leaving Egypt, they became rich. How? God, Bible said God gave them favor. Exodus 3.25. God gave them favor. And God said to Moses, tell the Israelites to go to every Egyptian home. They should ask for anything they will be given. The Bible said, they took all the wealth of Egypt away. So it was God who made them rich. They were slaves. They had nothing. When they were leaving the land of Egypt, they became rich. The God who made them rich now told Moses, tell them to give me an offering so that you can use it to build a sanctuary. I think it's reasonable, isn't it? But God did not say, tell them to bring everything they have. No, God is a good God. He took slaves out of bondage and made them rich and asked them to give to him. You know why he asked them to give to him? So that they can continue to enjoy his, that favor. The favor God put on them in Exodus at 3.25 for that favor to continue to flow. He said, tell the people to give me an offer. Exodus 35, we'll see the effect of that instruction. Verse 20, Exodus 35, verse 20. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. Then everyone came whose heart was dead and everyone whose spirit was willing. And they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting 
for all its service and for the holy garments. Everyone whose heart was touched. So a good church teaches giving and allows people to give freely according to their own generosity. Last week, I was telling one of my sons, I said, there are people I don't bring here anymore because their way of making people give is not consistent with my principles. I believe that people must give how willingly because that is what makes blessings to flow. They gave it willingly. Verse 22, they came, both men and women, as many as had a willing heart and brought earrings and nose rings. Baby. So this nose rings thing, it's been there since Bible days. So nothing is new in this world. Though. You know, last week, somebody called me from the Volta region. He says, well, listening to my preaching on one radio station, his only problem is that sin has increased too much now. I told him it's, it's not true. I said, sin has been there all the time. I said, it's not true. I said, the things they were doing in Sodom and Gomorrah, go and read it. Sodom and Gomorrah, men were having sex with men. It's been there. LGBTQ is not new. It's been there. If it wasn't there, God wouldn't have written a commandment against it. Read the Bible. God spoke directly. Romans chapter 1 spoke against lesbianism. <laughs> that thing has been there. By the way, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Just this nose ring that... Why are these people laughing so much like that? What is it about the nose ring that is making people to laugh too much? That's why the people are the back there. They brought earrings and nose rings, rings and necklaces, and all jewelry of gold. That is every man who made an offering of gold to the Lord. And every man with whom was found blue, purple, and scarlet thread, finely goose hair, red skins of rams, and badger skins brought them. Everyone who offered an offering of silver or bronze brought the lost offering. And everyone who brought, who, who, everyone with whom was found acacia wood for any work of the service brought it. All the women who were gifted artisans span yarn with their hands and brought what they had span of blue, purple, and scarlet and fine linen. And all the women whose hearts stirred with wisdom span yarn goes, of goat's hair. The rulers brought only stones and the stones to be set in the effort and in the breastplate and spices and oil for the light, for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a free will offering to the Lord. All the men and women whose hearts were willing to bring material for all kinds of work with the Lord by the hand of Moses had commanded. So Moses had to give the command and the people carried it out. Moses was the man of God. Talked to God face to face. Worked all manner of miracles. One of the miracles he never worked was commanding money to fall down. He talked to the people to give. No matter how anointed any man of God is, God will make him talk to people to give. Because it is the principle by which God's blessing will flow to you. So it's good for any good pastor like me to always talk to members to do what? To give to God. But it is also important we see here that the Bible said people gave willingly. That means that today's miracle service, when I ask people to come and give, which I'm going to do, people should do it how? Willingly. If you don't have today, just sit down and allow others to give. Don't complain. Don't complain. Don't speak evil in your heart because God hears it. The people who are giving, they are not foolish. They are not foolish. They are not foolish. They are not foolish. Are you hearing me? They give 
willingly. And I'm amazed at the way the, the response of the people. I pray life gate will become like that. They gave happily and willingly. They were not the when God spoke to Moses. When Moses came down and said, this is what God told me, they responded willingly and happily. They didn't say, mm, let's be careful. Moses wants to make money for himself and his family. No, they said, God has spoken to our leader who support it. That's why it's not good to go to a church in whose pastor you don't believe in. I'd rather you don't go to a church that you know that pastor you can't trust him than to go to a church you know you can't trust the pastor. And giving becomes a problem for you. Because as you are giving, you're asking, mm, where is this money going? Straight to pastor's pocket. Straight to pastor's stomach. You know, some people, when they see their pastor's watch, they say, mm, our money. When they see their pastor's shoe, mm, our money. When they see their pastor's nice red, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> our money is suffering. I guess surprised how mem- church members think, oh. Now, come. Okay, let me use somebody else who has a car. Kwame, come. Kwame has a car. Now, if Kwame drives a new is may God give you a new car. If Kwame drives a new car into this place, now do you know what we'll say? Breakthrough. God has given him what? A breakthrough. If pastor drives a car into the car park, ah, our money. You know, you all believe, thank you. You all believe that God can give people a car as a breakthrough, but you don't believe God can give the pastor. Yeah, that's your problem. That's your problem. That's why I always ask you the question, what are they doing with our money? The question is, is it your money? Look at how God called it. He said, my offering. It's not your money. It is not your money. The day you took that money, this is my pledge. Last Sunday, I decided to give God $100 because uh, next year I'm going to travel a lot. The day, the minute this money hit the altar, it's no more your own. If anybody like, come and steal it. It's your own trouble. Hmm? The day that money leave your hand is no more yours. So what do they do with our money? In the first place, it's a wrong question. It's a wrong question. It's not your money. It is God's money. And what did God say about his money? He said the man of God should exercise oversight and accountability over it. That's what the Bible said. That's what the Bible said. And if you are in this church and you think we give a lot, but we can't see what the money is being done, it's because you have an evil heart. You have an evil heart. Are you hearing me? Yeah, you have an evil heart. This church, since I took over this church, everything we've done came from our offerings and our tithes. We bought a land, 2013. In those days, 150,000 Ghana cities. We bought it without a loan. We started our building projects. Until COVID came when we had to put a hold on the project. The money we've spent, I can't, maybe the project committee will have to help. Close to 1 million Ghana cities. We did not take a loan from any bank, anywhere. We've opened seven churches, seven ICC churches. We have a staff. This church is an area supervising church. We have, I have a staff of eight full-time people staff that we pay. Then we have seven part-time staff that we pay. And we pay bills. After paying bills, like electricity, water, and all the utilities, we buy equipment all the time. That camera over there, we just got it. We are here to pay. Maybe somebody should come and tell me I'll pay for it. The camera that is on me now, we just got equipment. Church equipment costs money. This work we did here this year, project people will tell you because they take care of the uh, payment. That's why I've been asking. You see me asking them the question. I don't do things under the carpet in this church. The project people will tell you how much we spent here. If I'm not lying, it should be more than 200000 This. 
ACs alone is 60,000. So we should, we should be looking at 300,000, 300,000 Ghana cities this year from our tithes and offerings. This year. From, for just, no, 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 no. Don't clap yet. Just don't clap yet. It will be a time for you to clap. Just for the renovation work we did. These speakers is 85,000. These speakers is 85,000. The last speaker we, we removed, we bought it 2012. USC. I bought four and then four monitors. From 2012, it was this year before we changed it because of the quality. And somebody will say, oh, buy 80,000. Let's buy something 10,000. You buy 10,000 a year time is paused. You buy again. This microphone, I bought it in Johannesburg 2015. This microphone I'm using. How, how old is it now? Six years. It's expensive. You know why I bought this? I don't know anything about this microphone. It's the sound engineer. He said, Pastor, we need this one. And he won't let me buy anything without his approval. That's how I do my work. Eben gave me, in fact, I called him. I said, talk to the guy. I was in Johannesburg. I said, Eben, talk to the, the guy. Tell him what you want. And I brought it. And it's been working for six years. It can work for another five years, probably. At that time, when we converted, it's about, it was about 3,000 cities. It sounded expensive that time, but it's still working very well for six years. I haven't even finished. I can tell you on and on and on. Things we do in this church. We help needy people, pay people's fees, do a lot of things. We cannot help everybody. We cannot help everybody. I cannot share money for everybody. That's not my ministry. We do a lot of things. So you cannot sit somewhere and be thinking, today pastor has hit jackpot again. The way people give, I know pastor is smiling all the way to the house. No, 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 no. You do, let me tell you one truth. Let me tell you one truth. Can you hear it? Can you hear me? Whether you pay your tithe or not, my salary is the same. My salary is decided by the head of it, according to my rank. You pay your tithe, you don't pay your tithe. My salary is the same. Everybody else who is paid by this church, the salary is decided by the council, by the church council. Yes, and I've worked for this church without salary before. You don't know. I worked for this church for a year. I did not take any money. Are you hearing me? Yeah. I've been giving money by the council for appreciation. I did not take it because it wasn't reasonable to take money from the church at that time. We had too many needs in the church. I refused to take it. They are here. Ask them. And anytime there's a need to give to God in this church, I give too. Are you hearing me? I give too. I took the pledge last Sunday for $100. Go and check. Mine is on the altar. Because giving and receiving is for every child of God. Whether you are pastor or bishop, apostle, dangerous apostle, <laughs> whoever you are. Yeah. I pay tithes in this church. I pay tithes. I give. Every pledge towards a building project, I give the highest. Like, I, I put myself there. So if you see me blessed, then it's not church offering. So see this watch? It's a gift from somebody who came from U.S. recently. When you're a pastor, your members are blessed. You are also blessed. A member of our church went to U.S. And recently, just last month. He bought this for me. It's very nice. In case, even if you don't. This shoe is a gift from a church member five years ago. No, 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 listen. This shoe was bought for me five years ago by a church member. It's five years old, but it's nicer than the one you bought this year. <laughs> now, your problem, because it's nice, you won't know it's five years old. You think it's your offering, the offering I took last week. That's what I used to buy it. But this is five years old. You know why it's still new? Because I have plenty. So I don't use it all the time. It was a gift from a church member. He bought two of them for me. And I put them there. And I use it 
to the glory of God. <laughs> so if you give the way I give, you should be blessed the way I am blessed. This morning, eh, let me tell you a testimony. I asked my wife to lend me money to give offering because I didn't carry money on me when I came to church. So she gave me money. She's a good woman. Amen. Then one of the pastors said, Pastor, somebody's looking for you. And I said, oh, let a person come. So I can sense if somebody looking for me is coming with problems or is coming with money. <laughs> and the person came in and said, this is for you. Uh, I just want to give it. And he mentioned the amount. I said, ah, God told you to give me this? He said, yeah, that's how I feel I give it. So I went back to my wife. I said, take your money. <laughs> and I said, because you were generous to give me money to give offering, I give you interest. <laughs> I was busy worried how I would give offering to God. Because I you see some pastors don't even give offering. I mean, you can, you can sit as the man of God. When the offering basket is passing, you are in the spirit. You know? <laughs> but I'd rather borrow... I'd rather borrow to give offering than to come to church empty pocket. Yeah, even if I'm doing something and offering time pass and I come, I'll still drop the money on the altar. But whilst I was worried, how am I going to give offering? God has spoke to somebody in the house. That's how I live my life. Yeah, that's how I live my life. If God wants to give to me, he'll give. He'll give it. If he doesn't want to give it, there's nothing I'm going to do. I, I don't get favors by talking beggarly. If I need it, God will bring it. And I pray for it. And I wait for it, and it comes. Everything I have now, that is what God has decided I should have. The time comes for me to have more, he'll bring it. But for you to prosper in the house of God, I need to be sincere to you and teach you the right things. And that's what I'm doing. That don't let anybody deceive you that, you know, when men of God are asking you to give, it's because they want to defraud you. They want to steal your money. Listen to me. Some of the people who call pastors, Fraudsters. And I agree that there's some level of fraud in some churches. I hear me. But it's your prerogative to ensure that you don't go to the church where you are defrauded. So the problem is not the pastor. The problem is the people. Why do you go there? Why do you go to a place you know? Everything they are saying is a lie. They say this oil is 1,000. This one is uh, 500. Then you buy salt. Then you buy oil. Then you buy water. You know, now they said there's some special oil from Israel. Hey, me, I've been to Israel. I brought a lot of oil. I give members. I have some I use. The oil itself is not God. It doesn't carry any power. The only difference is that it's made according to the exact specifications in the scripture. That's it. I gave it to members. I gave it to people. <laughs> some men of God selling it. Very expensive. And the way they hype it. I said, whoa, this is great. This is big business. But you see, if you don't make the money the right way, it won't last. You see, my, you know my biggest problem? My problem is when I lie to you and I come back to be looking at your face, knowing that last week I lied to defraud you. I can't handle it. If it was another church, probably I'll try. <laughs> to be here and looking into your face every week and know that I defrauded this one, I defrauded this one, I defrauded this one. Look at them preaching to them. I can't handle My conscience will not allow me. Because I have many examples of men of God who are blessed doing God's work genuinely. I have too many examples around me. So it convinces me that doing it genuinely is good enough for God to bless you. All right. We'll end it here today and pray. Now, let's come back. Enjoying maximum blessings in the house of God. I am praying that 
in the coming years, your life in this church will accelerate in very, very dramatic speed. That the blessings of God will flow in your life in unusual ways. That's why I took my time to teach this thing. I don't want to be glad you are just a church member. I want to be able to look at you, you know. There are people and I look at them in this church. I get encouraged to continue doing this way because I remember how they were when they came to church. Recently, I was dedicating somebody's car. He used to sleep in a kiosk when he came to this kiosk. Now he's building his own house. And then he has brought a car for me to dedicate. <laughs> ah! Yeah, from the kiosk. From the kiosk. Building his own house. Brought a car for me to dedicate. I went home encouraged that this work, I have to continue. Something good is happening in a lot of people's life. I want to see you prosper. I don't gain anything if you keep your life remains the same. I want to see your life go forward. You know, when I took over this church, I used to say that everything I am teaching, I am also practicing it so that we can all make progress in the same direction. I used to say that. I used to say that. I said, but there are people who will not do it. And after some years, they are going to come back and say, everybody is getting blessed. And I'm not getting blessed. And I don't understand why. That's why I'm saying it. And today too, I'm saying it. That five years from now, I won't be like this. No matter what you do about it. I, I know. The way the God works. And five years from now, many of you, the way you'll be, when you look back, you won't believe it. You won't believe it. But there are also people who will be like this. Or worse. And I'm not cursing. I'm just telling you that because of bad attitude. There are people who will never do anything that is God's principle. No matter how I teach it and teach it and teach it, they will not do it. And as time I started start teaching these things in this church, most of us were not the way we are now. I can still remember people. Sometimes I look at our old pictures. I look at people. I say, wow, God is good. <laughs> yeah. When I took over this church, 2010, I did not have a car. I did not have a, I did not have a passport. I only had a first degree. All I do is preach in churches here and there and here. From that time to now, the number of cars God has blessed with me, I've lost count. Maybe I have to take my time and count. Some of them, most of them are gifts. Gifts. Today, where to preach, both in Ghana, outside Ghana, is no more a prayer topic for me. Today, we are on radio and we are making significant impact on radio. Last week, I was with two members in, in town and somebody said, you look familiar. I said, oh, well, I'm a pastor. Where? I said, it's like a temple. Another guy standing there, oh, you are Pastor Hubert. Why do you know me? Class FM, I've been hearing, listening to you every week. You are a great blessing. The person could remember the name of our church. Never seen me before. He was so excited to see me. He was so excited to see me. And guess what? Everything we put on radio is not a special preaching I do in the office. It's the things I teach you. Pastors come to the office to order for my teaching series and pay and get it. They come. All the time. Pastors, you are sitting here. Somebody is telling you everything is, I'm teaching is nonsense. <laughs> you see the problem? Everything we put on radio, you know, what we played last week on radio is what I taught last two is Friday. Friday teaching. That's what we put on radio. It's blessing people. So I am saying it today again. Your life is not supposed to be the way it is now forever. It has to move forward. I see your life moving forward. I see your life making progress. Amen. I see your life making progress. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Amen. the Lord will bless you and prosper you and increase you 
I want you to call me one day and tell me, Pastor, God has done it again. God has done it again. I want to see God blessing you and lifting you up and taking you forward. That is my prayer for you. That is why I do programs like this. Miracle service. That is why I do miracle service. And anytime we do miracle service, you won't believe it. How much effort goes into this thing? How much investment spiritually? But the miracles you hear every week, the testimonies you hear, is not by accident. I said it's not by accident. Somebody doing something that is making it happen. Now I want you to bow down your heads and pray. Say, Lord, help me to live my life in a way that is consistent to enjoying maximum blessings in your house. Guide me and help me. Bible says it's not by might nor by power, but it is by the Spirit of God. Sometimes you hear it, you want to do it, but a lot of things fight you, fight you. Pray, 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 pray for yourself that God will help you, the Spirit of God will help you to live your life that is consistent, that the Spirit of God will help you. In the name of Jesus. Next prayer, I want you to pray. I want you to pray to God. And next year by this time, when we come back to November Miracle Service 2022, God will move your life forward. Throughout the week, during our fasting, God has been speaking to us about the fulfillment of God's promises, God's prophetic word, the fulfillment of God's prophetic word. You want to pray that the next one year will be a season of Prophetic fulfillment in your life. Prophetic fulfillment. The season of prophetic fulfillment in your life. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.